Mad Beef is kept going and growing by generous support from Skater HQ. Bill and the team have been heavily involved in the inline skating community since 1991 and continue to support competitions, skaters, and now a podcast. You can visit Skater HQ at one of their Sydney shops or shop online at skaterhq.com.au. Also, big thanks to our Patreon supporters. It really means a lot. If you want to become a patron of the podcast, find us on Patreon and pledge a monthly contribution. Even just $2 a month would be a huge encouragement. Hi, welcome to Mad Beef, the Australian rollerblading podcast. I'm Mikey Lynch, and in this episode, I chat with Ian Smith about um, the whole process of picking and planning lines through skate parks. We also talk about um, some of his memories of being involved in the totally wicked um, skating tours through regional Australia. And then the conversation kind of branches off into brainstorming about content for future episodes, and we touch on all sorts of bits and pieces. Hope you enjoy. Cheers. Let's talk um, sort of um, skate, skating park for a little bit. So this is one that we had on our list for ages, and I think you might have added it to our list originally, the idea of picking a line through a park. Um, uh, so um, so that's, that's a thing that, you know, I find is one of the great things about skating with more experienced skaters or just different skaters is they'll suddenly <laughs> show you a way of using a park you may have been to lots of times and then they'll suddenly just show it to you in a different way by going, oh, you go from that hip to that, you know, that grind to then you use that launch, to, you know, and you suddenly go, oh, <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that that way. I was just going back and forth here, that kind of thing. 100%. Yep, yeah, I'm yeah. right there with you. Yeah. Uh, I could specifically remember one of the, the last times I skated with CJ Conan, and, um, you know, we are just rolling around and he wanted to skate a vert wall as thing as it happens to be and the line that he took in going up and just doing a grind on this vert wall which we could all do but the line that he took was just something that i hadn't seen anybody else do and i hadn't thought of and um you know none of it was super and amazing but it turned a single trick into like four tricks in a way that was just uh, it it made it look special. It made it look like something, not just like a trick. It was like there's a competition run. Yeah. And, um, you know, maybe it comes with experience from skating lots of different places and uh, seeing obstacles, you know, slightly differently because you know you've done that certain trick on that certain thing. And and then being able to bring that all together uh, when you go to anywhere uh, because no matter where you are, uh, once you've – is you can see the potential in uh, in lots of things that that maybe people who haven't uh, had the the opportunity to to go around to different places or who haven't been at that place for long enough can really see yet. Yeah. So how how do you? What, are, are there things you can put into words that you do when you're looking at a new park or coming and trying to think fresh? Are there? Can you uh, put into words any principles that you'd go look for? you know, look for this, think about that. I mean, are there things that you reckon skate park, the best engineers are actually thinking as they're building it there, you know, they have in mind these things that we should be looking for? Look, it's difficult to say. And, yeah. you know, every single skate park's different. And, you know, many skate parks don't have great lines. Uh, most of them, I think, uh, especially these days, the ones that I've seen built recently are built for sort of back and forth. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, which is a great shame. Some of the um, the best parks uh, previously that I've skated have like this really nice, uh, in my opinion, a circle that you can yep. do. So basically, a park where you can go around in the basically the outer edge of a skate park, and maybe there's a box jump or some boxes or grinding, uh, some rails and things in the middle. But the outside will have a set of ramps that allow you to skate around it like a track, and um, that's always nice, but it's not always the case. Um, so usually, uh, get to a skate park, and if you want to jump in straight away, that's fine. You do it while you're lacing up, but try and take my time. Uh, a set of obstacles, and uh, just do what you know every skater does in their head. They go, okay, here's my little imaginary person. I'm gonna sort of in my mind skate that imaginary person up that ramp. How much speed am I gonna have when I come out of that? Where am I gonna go? Mm. And you run through these little scenarios in your head and, um, yeah, you know what you've done in the past and uh, you know what's basically possible and then try and hit those uh, those things one trick at a time. And if you're happy and comfortable with them, uh, put them in. Um, but once you're used to um, uh, a certain skate park enough, uh, that's really where you need to be if you want to, to sort of progress to the, the next sort of level um, from what you would call a, an amateur to a, a semi or a, that sort of next level skating is making sure that when you that you're not doing one trick that you are you know jumping into a ramp with purpose to um, to hit several things and so there's a few and, things that go on there right you mentioned power as one of them right so that you're thinking mm-hmm. through there's a few tricks or using a few a few obstacles going well look I'm going to get a better line if I have uh, you know, in a sense, budget the power that's going through it and go, well, look, you know, do that and then do something that can still look good but gives me a bit, you know, helps me regain some speed rather than you do two two tricks that are grinds on a sort of rough sort of surface and then you're out of you're out of speed. Um, yeah. So that that's one factor and, and seeing a ramp as, you know, I mean, again, CJ is a great example of seeing a ramp sometimes as stylishly just generating speed through pumping. And that can still yeah. look great. Like if you if you pump well, that actually can be a great part of a line, can't it, to sort of get some yeah. energy around but, a corner or something. But one thing specifically with CJ, you won't often see him just use a ramp just for speed. Mm. He'll still do a trick on it. Yeah. Um, and uh, and that's sort of what the the top guys will be doing. Yep. Um, even if it's a, a ramp that they'll be using just for speed, they'll do a sure thing. I've got it. No problem. There's no way I'm going to fall over. Trick. Yep. Yeah. get speed and use that for their perfect pump rather than just turn and get speed into it. Yeah. And, yeah, maybe it's my um, vert background, but uh, everything about a, a run, not just jumping in and doing a, a single trick, everything about doing a run when I plan on doing more is all about the first trick has to get me enough speed to get into the second trick and then you have you know enough speed to do – what you want to do, and um, generally you, you say that's often the second and third air that are going to be your highest ones, right? Yeah. Mm. Well, um, usually the the by the third air that should be as high as you're going to get in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so another thing is that, and sometimes like a line, there's a 
uh, either it's diversity, right? Like it's a you know H block trick compared to then a soul trick or an air or whatever. Um, but sometimes, and again, this, this is often the case in a vert run, is that there'll be a string of tricks that it's not so much difference, but it's building on the one thing, right? So in a vert thing, there might be you know a, a series of rotations or flips as a part of a three or four wall section of a run, right? Where you, yeah, you know, and um, and that can be the same with a skate park too, to some extent, where there might be a natural and then an unnatural variation of the same grind as a part of a a little mini part of a run. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, I mean, with vert, there's there's not a lot of variation that you can see in the obstacles. So generally, you'll get uh, skaters who have a certain set of tricks. I know I was, uh, I had my run, which most people know had um, sort of four or five tricks that would all come back to back. And uh, you know, with a vert ramp, you could do that any vert ramp. They're all the same. You know, big, small, whatever curved. I was doing you know this same sort of competition run every time. Um, it came to street courses or on street in general, there's, you know, sets of tricks that you're most comfortable with and you use those to your advantage when it comes to, I want to do this particular trick. And then if you have a couple of things that you're super comfortable with, you'll do those coming up to that one, um, either as a warm up, as, to, as a psych out, as to get yourself into the zone and make sure you have and then um, confidence when you hit that last one, you know that you're in this position where you need to be to stomp it. Yeah, yeah. Give us a little bit of your opinion of um, of the the launch ramp part of the park because, like, it was super early on in invert skating, there was still a bit of the kind of doing the um, doing the flip onto the platform, um, mm-hmm. and then that kind of it seemed to me maybe I mean I didn't see anywhere near obviously as much competition skating as you, but that kind of fell out of fashion, right? And there's a sense in which. You do what you do inside the ramp. Um, I don't know if that, yeah. you think that's a fair comment, but but then how do you think that plays in terms of park skating, the kind of using a launch ramp to just do a, a flip or a spin, in a sense, out of the park onto a flat area? Is that, you know, is, is that an under underdeveloped version of something? It's a progression. I, um, I put the exact thing in my first ever you know real competition australian nationals um i did a, a misty flip onto the platform of the vert ramp because i couldn't do a mctwist yeah um or i wasn't confident enough to do that exact set, but you know land back into the ramp and you know it got excited at the time there wasn't there was probably two or three guys in australia who could um, actually do the mctwist and land back you know valid up there it's not as if it was that far behind the competition and maybe that's it like if you're in that sort of format then you play to your audience um but i did that because i'd been to ramps where that was how you learned how to do it so there was a a nice steep ramp with a flat top like and a, a roll away so it wasn't like you were landing on a small platform or anything it was a big flat and you do that uh barani misty flip you know, front flip, uh, whatever, out yep. onto the platform. And uh, the the ramp is steep enough. Uh, you can do them with, you know, relatively low air and yep. uh, quite safely. Um, so, yeah, I learned quite a few flips out of that bowl. But uh, the challenge is figuring out how to include those little um, 
kind of flourish tricks as a part of a run that works, right? Yeah, well, uh, the, the problem with them is they, they jolt you out of the run. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, positive, you can turn around and jump back in, um, but maybe you would want to leave that to the end. So that can, can be a nice finisher, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yes. yeah, I'm out. And, I mean, plenty of people did that. They had 60 seconds. 60 seconds is a hell of a long time mm. when you're pumping on a vert ramp. You know, I don't know how lately but after about 30 seconds i'm stuffed and yeah yeah that was funny i was listening to the black to blading podcast and they were talking about uh uh you know kind of thinking about people like Cesar sort of you know posting about vert skating and and they were saying oh i don't reckon he'd be able to come back in and you know do do black flips like he used to and i was thinking about you you know still sort of doing you know putting out back flips and stuff and and how you were saying the shock was just the fitness it wasn't the it wasn't yeah. the doing a backflip necessarily you know it wasn't the trick it was just the the fitness is that is actually the shock rather than you know anything else you know because it is yeah it's 60 seconds pumping hard as well as you know I guess yeah. the harder the trick, the less likely you are to be breathing as fully as you should be because of you know, holding your breath at, at key tense moments as well. It's um, it's a massive mm-hmm. acrob- uh, aerobic um, feat. A hundred percent. It's yeah. it's quite actually anaerobic because yeah, like you said, you end up holding your breath quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and it's only when you allow yourself to breathe again at the end mm. that um, that you end up breathing properly. <laughs> I mean, in my experience. Yeah, yeah um, so anaerobic is a better way of putting it. Yeah, it's 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 just you yeah. Because there's a lot of there's yeah. a lot of strength. You're pushing as hard as you can if you're yeah. to your the best of your ability. You are you're pushing it. It's strength. Mm. It's uh, it's you're not doing it for for long term you're not going for um you know a 10 kilometer skate it's a, a one minute as much as you can do as high as you can go yeah um, but yeah i wouldn't downplay any of those uh you know flipping or even learning how to spin those sorts of things onto the platform of yep. uh, any any ramp um that's a hundred percent a valid way of doing it and i've um you know coached many kids and um, shown them to to start that way, yep. and then move on to the um, the jump ramp or the um, the jump box. Yeah. And um, yeah, it, it really builds your confidence, like giving you that sort of step up. Yeah. Straight into you know oh, I think I'll just throw a McTwist and have to land back into the ramp. It's uh, it's you know a nice way of being able to put yourself in between because um, we don't all have the um, the option of using things like resi mats and foam pits and that sort of stuff. No. No, well, barely any of us do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. And then um, a final thing I thought we could sort of touch on, and, and this may well just be too much sort of trying to pull out, an, out of um, – uh, out of your head to sort of think of anything specific to land on. But I sort of had there, um, were there any areas perhaps of events, people, places, um, in, in the kind of history stuff, we covered that kind of eight-part thing. Um, mm-hmm. But um, are, are there any sort of areas where you went, oh, look, I feel like we brushed over that. It would be nice to sort of, you know, because we did slow down at various points and then speed up a fair bit at various points. Were there, are there any things, you know, that come to mind that, um, that you know, that it would be worth just sort of, sort of zeroing in on a little more in terms of looking back? Um, I don't know. I'd have to sort of pick and choose something. Mm. Um, mm. I think some of the the most fun times that weren't, you know, 
uh, massive or anything. We're, we're skating around doing the um, the totally wicked shows. So um, how much we would have gone into it, but uh, basically just doing tours around Australia. So a bunch of uh, skaters and a, a BMX guy in the back of a car. This is like just, regional areas too, is that right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's only mm-hmm. regional areas. Mm-hmm. So literally driving around country, uh, Queensland, uh, New South Wales, and I believe uh, Brad Watson was on board doing uh, Victoria and some of the New South Wales stuff as well. And where sometimes these people had nothing. In plenty of the places we went to, they didn't actually have a skate park. So we had to um, go in a, a jump ramp and a, a little grind rail that we might have had on board or that you know, the local youth centre had. And... Um, yeah, seeing, you know, showing them what you could actually do if you pushed yourself and went there. And, um, yeah, seeing some of the kids who really don't have anything like that in their lives, it was, you know, just so exciting for them. Yeah. And um, it was great to, to be able to be a part of that. And, you know, signing autographs is, is one thing at a, a big, you know, event or something like that. But, um at some of these little, like smaller places where uh, you actually get to sit down and, and talk to, to some of these kids who, you know, maybe they've got a motorbike and a, a push bike and, you know, they know some kid with a scooter, but, you know, they don't really know how to use any of the things that they have there. Yeah. And um, showing them that here's your skate park, which you have that the, you know, the city put in this little concrete pit and yeah. here's how to do a backflip and misty in it and here's how to you know do 540s these are sort of some of the things that you can do if you really wanted to yeah and um yeah being able to bring that inspiration into the the smaller towns was really nice yeah did you ever get to see any kind of ongoing contact from any of that was there ever the kind of person that you then saw later on at something or um, got to go back to places again or anything like that uh, I spoke to a few of them uh, more than once. Um, a lot of them found me. I used to, you know, post on message boards and all that sort of stuff. And as some of these, uh, the younger kids would get older, they'd message me and say, "Hey, you saw me in this such and such a town. How to do a backflip, or you know, I, you know, did this to my wrist, and you know, you help. You know, it was." nice to have that sort of connection back and you know they feel like they're part of it still and i'm always a sucker for you know responding to people and trying to help when i can yeah so um yeah it's uh, it's definitely nice to hear back from from people who have uh, who you know got some sort of inspiration or um you know that have helped them with something or you know shown them a different path that maybe they didn't see yeah, because I mean that's I mean in a sense one of the things that's uh, incredible about the way action sports uh, develop is um, you know that I mean that's the history of skating in Australia, isn't it? Like in a sense we're so far away from Southern California and so far away from where it's developing there that it is you know if it's not the totally wicked tour in person, it's a couple of videos, a couple of magazines, and then just figuring it out and um, yeah. And that's an exciting thought, isn't it? To go like, wow, you just sow this seed, just give some wheels, <laughs> wheels yeah. to a bunch of young, dumb kids, and some of them will just, yeah, never really quite figure it out and get bored with it and move on to something else. And then a couple of them will just go, I bet you could do this. 
bet you could do that. Yeah. Bet you could do this. I saw a person do that once. And so I'm just exactly. I'm just going to try um, and uh, maybe learn it all wrong and in the worst possible way, but eventually get there sort of thing. That's it. And that's the way we did it. You know, when I grew up, I was fortunate enough to be in Sydney, you know, this massive city mm. with lots of different, up, different opportunities to do these things. I had no idea about any of them. Um, there was probably city and I knew none of them. Uh, when I first started, as you wouldn't, you know, you're yeah. just a kid, you know, going to school, yes, mum, yes, dad, yep. you know, ride your bike around the local streets, that was about it. And then when I started uh, rollerblading, um, it was just me uh, and my mate, you know, skating on flat ground. And, yeah. and then, you know, we we built a jump ramp and we were doing jumps and we weren't watching anyone else, we were just doing that. There wasn't any videos or magazines or anything like that. There was no internet. Oh, my gosh. That <laughs> makes me feel old. Yeah. But, um, you know, there was no other way to get any content. And it was only when um, he had uh, gone out to, um, to Manly that he actually, you know, saw this ramp. And he was like, yeah, I saw this, you know, half pipe and we should go out there and try that. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's it was my first exposure to other people. Yeah. And so – you know, if someone of the caliber that I was when I was going out and um, had shown me at that stage, it's, uh, it definitely would have cemented my path into, like, really wanting to do that. I didn't – turns out I didn't need it. Mm. Um, I was really wanting to do it anyway. And, um, yeah, I did have uh, – I, I met up with uh, within sort of weeks of that. Um, but, yeah – you know that there's people out there that are going to be doing this because that's what they want to do and they just know. They put on the skates and they just know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a thing I've been, you know, meaning to do and just been lazily not doing and have finally gotten into a habit of making sure I just bring a second pair of skates with me if I'm going to go to skate for, for a while just just so I've actually, you know, because there'll be times where, like, someone will ask and go, oh, that's hard. How do you do that? I could never do that. Or I've, I've got some of them, you know, whatever. Yeah, and I'm just going. No way am I going to take off my own skates. What someone else try? Like I'm, I'm, you know, don't have enough time for that. You know, with work and family. But but just going. Like, how good would it be if I just go? Oh well, here's here's my pair of razors. If you want, you want to have a go, because yeah, you know, that's nice. You know, and I just go like it's it's just I'm, it's been on my mind to do for ages. But just going like it's you know it's um it just is the bother to carry an extra pair of skates in the car when you go to the park and lug them up an extra pair. But, um, yeah, of course. But, you know, all it takes uh, is for yeah. someone to just get the, you know, give it a go and go, actually, this is better. I like this better. I want to do this. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could be it. You could be that little, um, that spark of inspiration that, that makes them want to carry on. Yeah. That's great. I know um, I, I've been doing it quite a bit for fitness. Um, mm-hmm. Being a bit time poor, I have a, a set of grails uh, at work. Yep. And uh, if I couldn't be bothered run. Uh, in my lunch break, I'll strap on the grails, and there's a nice sort of 10k circuit around uh, the lake in Canberra. Yeah, lovely. I'll go smash it around the the lake, and amazing. Uh, like once every couple of weeks, I'll have somebody on a bike or something, you know, roll up alongside me and say, "Oh, I used to rollerblade and blah blah blah." And do you know this guy? And you know, they'll spark up conversations, and oh, I should get him back on, and um, yeah, you really you get that sense that people are, are watching you and they're they're liking it. I'm not getting, 
you know, any negative feedback from that. And, um, yeah, a lot of kids, uh, you know, all the kids will watch you no matter what they're doing when um, yeah. on skates, better or worse. Uh, but uh, you get that attention and, you know, if it's if that's the difference between someone gets some rollerblades or some other sport, then, you know, that's what I want to be there to help that person choose. Oh, man, totally. Yeah, absolutely. It's an exciting thought, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> man, I reckon we've got some good stuff there. It's really nice to get you back into the groove of chatting and um, and bouncing around ideas with you. I really appreciate it, Dan. And um, I might dice yeah, up some of these little, some of these smaller sections, uh, you know, have some of it's a bit more of a longer flow and then a few things might pull out. I'll, I'll have a listen back through and figure out how to yeah. structure it and um, be in touch much, much sooner. <laughs> and we'll, yeah. um, we'll figure out what topic we want to land on next time, eh? Yeah, we'll put some things together because, uh, you know, I've been listening to everything and, um, yeah, there's definitely some input that's, um, that I can give you. I really enjoyed the, the Frank Stoner uh, interview the latest on. That was really good. Isn't he great, man? He's, yeah. he's such a character and such a deep sort of dude as well, yeah. That was cool. And, yeah, just having you guys talking – and it's, it didn't have to be anything, just enjoying each other's company and enjoying that camaraderie and, um, like, bouncing ideas off each other. And then you had something that he hadn't heard and he had something that you hadn't heard. And, you know, that really <laughs> that brings a level to the t- anywhere else. And, um, yeah, it was nice. And I know, um, yeah, I'm sitting there going, ah, I can, you know, put my two cents in here. And other than a comment on SoundCloud, it, it's hard. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Yes, I mean, like that's it. Give some thought to it. We'll, we'll do it up soon, and maybe this getting back into the groove, you can then go away going, oh, yeah, I do want to talk about this from that podcast, or I do want to pick up this mm-hmm. this person or this space, or you know, because even one of the things that's um, helpful to talk, you know, like it would be cool to go back through even chatting about. Yeah, I mean, like we've chatted a fair bit about the Bondi Mini and your love for that, for example. Oh, yeah. um, you know, as as one of those things, we only touched on some of the parks like Verdex a little bit and how you was it that the one you worked out and stuff like that yeah well um, there was what three vertexes yeah so that, i mean that would be an area to sort of go in and go well, what was actually good about those places what was good in those places mm. what were the good tricks oh, that were down, you know i i was thinking um yeah there's there's also whether or not you want to go down that path but um there's sort of the evolution of skating not me but um skating culture yeah uh, in sydney where i had that experience because there was this East versus West versus sort of, you know, because you had Bondo boards and blades and there was blades and then there was Burwood skateboard world and then um, there was, uh, you know, a second shop showed up in Manly and then there was one in Parramatta and it created these little clicky crews and it was it was quite interesting having these sort of, uh, you know, <laughs> turf wars and rivalries and you go to a skate park and if someone from the, the other crews were there, you would have this sort of unspoken, you know, one-upmanship going on. Ah, oh, it's hilarious. Yeah, that's good. You, you reckon that this person in your crew is the best skater in Sydney, but he's actually not any good at these things, I reckon. And <laughs> I reckon, <laughs> man, that would be really fun. Yeah, and, and also even just like some of the kind of defining street spots and stuff because, I mean, I, you know, that, that – Every city has those too, don't they? These iconic places and, you know, um, yeah. myths about things that happened there and whatever else. So, yeah, that, I mean, some of those things I think is really fun because it's yeah, it's about sure. the skating history 
Um, but it's also kind of partly just about um, a bit like I don't know if you watched the recent remake of um, Stephen King's It that came out like last year. Um, I've downloaded it. Uh, it's really good. But I'm a little bit wary about watching horror movies mm. since I got um, since my kids are you know. Well, I have more kids now. I used to love watching horror movies, but now I have this new sense of empathy, (laughs) (laughs) especially when it comes to kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really gets me. So I'm sort of. It's a good movie, Uh, but um, one of the things about it is it's um, it's weird because it would almost work if there was no evil clown and if it was just a coming of age movie. Like it's just the characters are that interesting, and and the little little details are just so well done. Um, that you just go, yeah, actually, this, I could spend a couple of, you know, an hour and a half just watching these kind of, you know, young teenagers growing up and dealing with life and romance and, you know, being losers and whatever, <laughs> you know, um, and, and that's the other side of it, right? Like you go back through yeah. and you retell these stories about skate crews or whatever and it's interesting because we're rollerbladers, but it's also just interesting because it's just, it's some of it's just, you know, if it wasn't blading and skate shop rivalries, it'd be basketball teams or, you know, um, oh, that's high good, schools yeah. or whatever else, that. you know, and it's... Um, but I it's, think, yeah. and you, you touched on it a few times through um, a few podcasts, how, um, you know, and I'm, I'm sort of feeling it now where you have this level that you want to be at and then maybe you're progressing or maybe not, but it's okay to be at the level that you're at and be where that is. And that might not be, you know, as good as you want to be. Yep. Um, and, you know, there's lots of different levels even below you. And, um, and yeah, people are happy to be at, you know, any particular level. Some people are just thrilled to be able to skate from place to place. And, um, yeah, it's, it's sort of be, I think it'd be interesting to touch a little bit more on that mm. to try and, um, you know, make that a little bit more inclusive because um yeah there's a there's it doesn't matter where you are um but there's always this you know striving to be the best and be as yeah. good as you can be and um you know to beat that other person but you know we're here to have fun mm. and if you're having fun that's good enough yeah. like you know you, you don't have to you know go blow everyone out of the water and and be, you know, more than you might be capable or physically able to do. Yeah. Um, do what you want to do. Make you happy. If it makes you happy, great. Encourage other people. And it's that weird, weird combination, isn't it? On the one hand, you go, like, you, if you're not progressing a bit, it's possible, possible that you get bored, lose interest, disengage. So actually be growing and stretching. Um, is part of what keeps you engaged. But if you're always feeling discouraged, then that's also you're likely to get dis- – you go, I'm no longer enjoying this. Like I'm, you know, I'm just feeling yeah. frustrated and depressed and discouraged. Then you check out as well, you know, and um, – Yeah. Mm. I don't know, it kind of it hints on, you know, how you were talking about uh, skating by yourself versus skating with uh, a crew or with uh, yeah. more than one person. Yeah. And you you could bounce off each other and you, you might not actually progress. You might just – you know, stagnate because you're not actually trying anything around and having fun and socialising. Yep. And that's fine. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we go out and with the the crew here, they'll play a game of skate. Yeah. And everyone will go, you know, do a true top spin. And I'm like, I'm never going to do a, you know, true top soul. Sorry. Mm. Mm. Um, but you have to because it's the rules and you try it. And, you know, <laughs> the more you do things, they get easier. 
And um, so, yeah, uh, whereas skating by yourself, <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's... And I imagine you'd have another perspective as well about that combination of you loving competitions and being pushed in competitions. But if mm-hmm. all you're doing is, I, I could imagine, you know, that there, there are points where you, you need to rediscover why you loved it before anyone was watching as well. There's a, there's a dynamic probably there as well, perhaps even for, for your kind of bio. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it was, there was probably two years of skating before it became a big thing where I wasn't getting anything for it. It was Mm. just because it's what I wanted to do. Yeah. And, um, you know, we we were young, certain level where, you know, the thing was exploding. So um, we knew it was popular, but we, so we were being encouraged. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when, when lots of people are cheering you on and saying, this is great and you should do more and can you do that? And I'm like, you know, you, that takes you, to the next level you're more willing to try different things whereas you know if you went to a skate park today um you know the same skate park at the level that i was at um you know you probably have some little kid on a scooter saying do a backflip and if you can't do a backflip you're like okay (laughs) and leave whereas you know we weren't doing backflips we're doing you know fakie 180 store or you know 50 50s or you know chicken dinners we're doing all these tiny little stalls and um you know seen it before yep um so yeah there's a there's a different different sort of i don't know how you put it an atmosphere around it now as opposed to what it was like then and uh we were fortunate enough to be wrapped up in it um yeah yeah, it might be interesting to um to explore that a little bit too yeah look forward to it Ian. it's getting late now so let's sign off and um be in touch, okay? All right. See you, Mike. Take care, Ian. See you, man. Mad Beef Rollerblading Podcast is produced by Mikey Lynch. Theme music by Edifice Architect. You can subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher and get in touch with us on our Facebook page. Mad Beef is supported by Skater HQ. You can find them online at skaterhq.com.au. We are also supported by our growing number of Patreon patrons. To support the podcast, find us on Patreon. Even just $2 a month, every little bit helps.